Hi guys, Jen Johnson here, and today marks day one of my series called You Ask and I Answer. I'm really excited about this because I think it will meet you guys where you are at. Today I'm going to hopefully get to two questions. The first one is how did you overcome your food sensitivities? And the second one is, is it possible for pain to be partially TMS and partially physical and or structural? So before we get into those, first, I am Jen Johnson. This is Thought by Thought Healing. I'm a chronic pain coach and I help people to understand the neuroscience of their symptoms, primarily pain, but also food sensitivities, insomnia, fatigue, you name it, and how neuroscience shows that um, the brain is what sustains those um, symptoms and therefore we can reverse them. So let's dive in here. Okay, with the food sensitivities, the first thing that you are going to want to do is create some evidence around why it is neuroplastic. Now, this is different than having an allergy. We're not talking about allergies today. Um, we are talking about food sensitivities. And so we're going to be looking at how your body is reacting to what it's perceiving as dangerous, which is the food in this case. So um, for me, I had discovered the mind-body connection, I don't know, maybe let's just say six months before I applied this to my eating habits. And um, it was the last thing that I, um, I was having success in some changes in my symptoms, in, in my other symptoms, but I had, I, I had held on to the fact that I thought my food sensitivities were probably caused by structural in particular because I even had a test, a SIBO test saying that it was positive and that gave me even more reason to believe that I had a real structural um, problem with these foods. Um, but then one day I thought, what do I have to lose? Why don't I try this? What can it hurt to turn down my fear response of these symptoms and introduce them? I'm already having symptoms. Why not just try it and experience life? If it gets worse, I can handle it. I can live. And so I decided to turn down, down that, fear, that fear signal, that fear response to the symptoms and give it a try and here I am and I eat anything and everything I want to eat. Now, um, I had a lot of symptoms. Um, food sensitivities were one of them. And um, and so I, do, I don't feel like food sensitivities were my worst symptom, but it was my last symptom that I was willing to let go of for some reason. Um, so the first thing that I did was to stop food tracking and to stop um paying attention to the symptoms that I was having after I ate these foods. I wanted to break the association between the different food categories or even specific. I even had like specific vegetables. I did the FODMAP diet in, I did a bunch of elimination diets and, and, um, I'm going to derail here for a second and just say, I, I know that by doing those elimination diets and the FODMAP diet, I literally taught my brain to create negative associations with those foods. I, I associated my symptoms by doing those diets and created fear around those foods. And that created and turned up my symptoms. And I am serious about this. Be careful with the elimination diets because it can actually be creating your symptoms and or turning them up. So um, 
I would even drop the language. We talk about this a lot in, in Mind Body. We talk about letting go of the diagnosis that you have. And, and so um, if you have been for a long time been claiming that you have these food sensitivities, stop claiming it and start claiming that you're right and that food is good. Start making positive associations. This is called and you're changing your neural pathways. You're literally growing a new connection in your brain because right now you have a real pathway networks in your brain that work together to create that autonomic nervous system response to the foods. It's, it's a learned, conditioned, Pavlovian response to these foods. You have real symptoms. But in order to break those, we need to create a new way of thinking and believing and associating with these things that we're avoiding. Anytime we are avoiding anything, we are telling the brain that thing is dangerous. Whether it's a person that's toxic in our life or a food or a movement, we are teaching our brain that thing is not safe. And so that is what um, we are doing by avoiding um, these foods is telling our brains, eh, it's kind of a little alarm clock or not alarm clock, alarm of saying um, that thing's not good and your brain will believe everything that you tell it. So we need to um, start breaking that association and the way that you talk about food does matter. Um, something that was, I think, should be, um, was really powerful in, in my healing around food was every time I went to eat food of any sort, I would give myself space to be calm. I would pause. I would rest my stomach. I would let my nervous system slow down. And I would allow peace in. Because anytime your stomach is in knots, if it's apprehensive about the food, if it's distressed because of the people that you're around or all the things you need to get done or the fact that you were triggered by something that's reminiscent of your past, you're going to have a symptom response already in your body. And then as you eat the food that you already think is not great for you, then that symptom is going to go up. So stopping and pausing and allowing calm and rest. The symptom response is just TMS. It's just the mind-body making that association, continuing on that path. And we are changing our response to it. So you're having a moment of calm and then you want to introduce those foods. Um, you want to do that slowly and um, graciously, being kind to yourself. This, the uh, Having outcome independence is really important here. As you reintroduce foods, you're going to still have symptoms at times because you have that old neural pathway. It is, it's scary to, fear, to face our fears. And um, and so introducing the foods in a really slow way, using graded imagery, meaning thinking, imagining the food being safe, um, and then introducing the food in small amounts. I mean, I think with dairy, I did like a very small, like almost like a teaspoon, if not less, of dairy was my starting point. And, and just telling myself it was good and safe and not making it a big deal. I just ate the thing and I moved on. That's the weird thing about this, this journey. The more you don't make healing a big deal, the faster you will heal. Just live your life. Eat the sour cream. I don't know. Um, eat the apple. Whatever it is that you have created, a, a, your brain has created an association with. Um, so I, I actually made this silly acronym as I was thinking about this one today. It's SHIFT. So STOP. It's a SHIFT. S-H-I-F-T. S is stop food tracking and stop the elimination diets, break the association. Two, 
for the H is have a moment of calm. I is introduce the foods. F is you're wanting to um, increase your flexibility, so your window of safety. So what are the things that are safe for you? If the foods are this many, we're going to expand that and, and start to slowly with messages of safety, remind ourselves, I do not have to live in fear. The Lord is with me. I do not have to be afraid of the foods. I do not have to be afraid of using my feet or my shoulders or my arms, whatever it is that um, you have a feared um, uh, avoidance pattern around. So increasing that window of tolerance, which I like to call window of safety. You're increasing your window of how many things are safe in your life. And again, being really patient with yourself. And then um, talk to Jesus. I am telling you that these associations were made at a time that your brain was triggered by something and your brain made the association with the food when in reality it was something else, whether it was something that was reminiscent of your childhood reoccurring in your adult life or chronic stress, um, being offended by somebody, some some way that your body um, was intentioned during that period of time in your life when you developed that food sensitivity. And, and people tend to want to look over what was happening in their life because they think they couldn't have that possibly been that very little thing. And um, often it is that very little thing um, that was, was having a stress response in, in our bodies. Um, a fear response, a danger alarm was triggered at that time. So shift, stop food tracking, have a moment of calm, introduce the foods, flexibility, talk to Jesus about the real wounds. Um, so that's my um, advice for how to overcome food sensitivities. Um, again, being gracious with yourself because it is a journey and it takes way longer than anybody wants it to take. Let yourself experience the symptoms, allow them, don't fight them. All those five F's that Howard Schubiner talks about, figuring it out, fearing it, frustrated, focusing on, ruminating, worrying about, all those things any attention you're giving it is going to actually turn up that, um, that fear pain cycle or the fight or flight nervous system, however you want to look at, at it. Okay, and then Phoebe's question, is it possible for pain to be partially TMS and partially physical and or structural? Um, the short answer to that is yes. Um, yes, it is possible rarely um, to have that. I mean, I, I use the mind-body connection anytime I have an injury. I mean, if I cut my finger, I remind myself that I'm going to be okay and I'm going to be safe and I don't have to worry about it and my body will heal itself. Um, and um, does that turn off my pain from cutting my finger? No, but it does remind me that I am safe and that I am going to heal and it sets my brain in that trajectory and that's important. Um, her question, though, I'm going to go on to read it because I think the details do matter. And I think um, you can, everybody can learn from this. She says, I do have a lot of fear and emotions connected with the pain, but my pain seems to mostly be triggered by physical activity and only a little bit triggered by stress and emotions. I've had chronic neck and back pain. No, I've had chronic neck pain and headaches for 10 years from whiplash and I sprained my ankle one year and three months ago and I am still having a lot of ankle pain and all the limping caused lots of back and hip pain. And if it is partially structural, would it still be helpful to do mind-body work for the pain? I sometimes end up frustrated when I do my mind-body stuff that's supposed to help. Okay, so in this case, this pain 
is not structural. This is all mind-body pain. And here is why I want to come out assuredly with that. Um, fMRI images have shown that after an injury, which you have two injuries that you've talked about, those are structural damage that happened to your body. But after three to six months, after the amount of time that it takes for something to heal, um, if and when the brain is still producing pain, because remember all pain is produced in the brain, not in the body part that was damaged. So in both of those cases, your brain produced the pain after the accident, which I'm assuming it was an accident from the whiplash and the sprained ankle, your brain sent that pain. Um, but what fMRI images show is that it has changed where the brain is sustaining that pain. And now it is in the emotional part of your brain. And what we think that that means is that it is that the brain is worried that it hasn't healed. You now have a fear response um, around the injury that you did actually have, but it's no longer damaged. Your neck is okay. Your ankle has healed and it is good and right. Even physical therapists will tell you this. It is good and right to use the body part in freedom. And until we can do that, um, the brain is going to detect that you are avoiding and protecting those two body parts. And if you are avoiding and protecting something, then that is an indication and evidence that there is danger. And when there is danger, there is pain. And that is just the science of, of pain. So in the same way that I was talking to these other three ladies, um, Rachel, Angie, and Cindy, about the food sensitivities, in the same way as reintroducing movement to your foot and to your neck um, is challenging and it is brave and it is courageous and we do not have to live in fear because God is with us, um, we want to reintroduce movement to those to those body parts um, with assurance. And, and that's the that's the fun, freeing part of this journey that takes us from being in fear, even of our bodies, um, and into um, abundant living. Um, and yes, I see that that is challenging, and I and I understand it at a gut level. Um, but when we can use outcome independence and say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna use these body parts, even even if it's painful. Um, and I'm going to know that it is my body learning that it's safe and I can be patient with it. Um, it's kind of reminding me of, of doing sit-ups and when you've, you've done so many that your, your abs are just killing you um, and you're not afraid of it um, and you understand why it hurts um, and you allow it because you know it's the way out. And this is a very different situation different type of pain but it's the same mentality of it's okay it's okay if your brain doesn't get it right away we have to be patient so you saying that you are frustrated when I try to do mind-body stuff and it's supposed to help we all get frustrated with the healing process because it always takes longer than every single one of my clients I was always like this is taking longer than I thought it was going to and um, I remember saying that to my sister one morning a couple months in I was like this is harder than I thought it was going to be um, but that doesn't mean I'm giving up and that doesn't mean I'm giving in to fear and frustration and figuring it out. It means I'm in for the long haul and it means I have a growth mindset and I get to fail and I get to try again um, and I get to have big flare-ups and try again. And that is um, the name of this game is is really not giving, not giving up, not giving in. Um, fear is a feisty little thing and it really does um, want to control you. Um, and it comes masked 
as wisdom often because here's the thing all four of you that sent these questions in your brain and your mind have told you that it is wise to not eat these foods it is wise to protect your whatever your um, your ankle by limping your brain has told you limping is smart because it doesn't hurt as much if you don't put all the weight on that foot and um, and so it's masked as wisdom um, to avoid pain but anytime we avoid pain we turn up the pain so okay I hope that that sets you guys in the right direction and um, I'm looking forward to doing this. Keep sending me your questions. I have a folder called questions for the pod and every week I'm just going to pull one or two out. I'm going to talk for between 10 and 20 minutes and call that good and we'll just see what kind of questions pour in from you guys. So that's it for today. Um, if you're interested, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram and check out my website. Again, that, that pain test is on my website, thoughtbythoughthealing.com. Just substitute that word pain out for whatever your symptom is. The autonomic nervous system controls so many things in your body that the stress response that you're experiencing absolutely can be caused by that autonomic nervous system, which is part of your brain. All right, guys, that's all I have for today. Until next week, talk to you later. Bye.